0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, focusing on wealth. There's a lot of ways to do it. You can do it by earning more money, by investing more money, by saving more money. I think you should do it all. It's a very weird concept. I still stress over $5. I'm ultimately, in my opinion, wealthy. My idea of wealthy is having enough money to live till the day I die. I'll bastardize that statement a bit and say, I would also like to leave a little bit for my children. I'll bastardize that statement. I want to have enough money to live till the day I die. I want to leave a little bit of money to my children. And maybe in my final 10, 15, 20, 30 years on this planet, I kind of want to see the world. I made some sacrifices by not starting my own business until my 20s. Well, I guess you could say I started my business in my 20s and I gave up a lot. A lot of my high school girlfriends and college girlfriends went on to get married, settle down, have babies in their 20s and 30s. I didn't even think that I could breathe, let alone have a relationship, let alone bring up a child until my mid-30s. So we create wealth in funny ways. You can earn more. You can invest more. You can save more. $5 still means something to me, even though I'm considered wealthy. You now know my definition of wealthy. Have enough money to live till the day I die. While also maybe having enough to kind of enjoy those latter years, while I'm still healthy enough to walk before I turn into that 80-year-old crazy angry man with a cane who hits the nurses and tries to scare the neighborhood children and can't walk down the road, let alone walk across the, the pyramids of Giza. So my big, how shall we say blowout of enjoying life probably will come in my 60s when I walk away from radio and I just, I record 25 shows a year and that's all you get. So let's go back to some concepts on creating wealth by investing, saving, maybe earning. Those are all three things that I've done differently in different periods of my life. And I hope you do too. Let's go back to the concept of stocks versus bonds versus real estates. To me, historically, it's important to look at the big picture across the country. Stocks beat bonds. Bonds are corporate IOUs. We don't talk a lot about them because it's easier to talk about stocks. But an IOU to your uncle, I don't much care for. An IOU to Intel, Microsoft, Google. I'm much more interested in an IOU to your local city. Let's say it's Palo Alto um, or Stockton. Those are very different. An IOU to Palo Alto has a lot of wealthy residents. An IOU to Stockton. Know that Stockton's got a lot of, say, poverty in the state of California. No disrespect to Stockton. I'm not going to call it the armpit of California and I'm not going to say it's the meth capital of California. I'm not going to do it because one day I want to run for mayor of Stockton, but you have to understand corporate bonds. There's a difference between giving a, an IOU to Microsoft versus an IOU to Tesla versus an IOU to a company that wants to be the next Tesla. They're all three very different companies. One's been around and done it for 40 years. One's been around and done it for 10 years. And one's never done it. So when you lend money, that's like lending money to your uncle that has a million dollar job versus your uncle that has never had a job versus your uncle that has lived on a couch his whole life, eaten corn chips and gotten really heavy and never had a job. Like, whoa, there's three very different ways of will you ever see your money back? So same thing with stocks, same thing with bonds, same thing with real estate, right? There's different levels of risk, but we're not going to get into that right now. But bonds historically beat real estate. But not so much in the 2000s. And then so suddenly you're like, well, bonds really aren't that great, Rob, are they? Maybe they're not. When the 10-year treasury, when inflation, when we were in a healthier economy, ever since 9-11, I feel that we've been in an economy for oversimplification terms, that we've been managing from crisis to crisis, Planes go into the World Trade Center. The economy goes to hell in a handbasket. How long will it take to recover? And then suddenly, our government starts throwing down stimulus. Our Federal Reserve starts throwing down monetary stimulus, and we've seen to leap from one low cost of money fix to another low cost of money fix. So maybe I should start saying, historically, stocks beat bonds, and bonds beat real estate. But now, in the last twenty years, which is mostly my investment lifetime. And I think you have an investment lifetime of 40 years from 20 to 60. That's just in my general concept head. Maybe I need to say in my lifetime that bonds are kind of a push with real estate, that in the early part of 2000s, bonds were okay. But as we've driven the cost of money lower and lower and lower to continue to fix economic problems... Whether it be racial inequality, whether it be a president who gets us into wars or a president who doesn't get us into wars, whether it be a president who oversees a pandemic or not, we tend to solve our problems with low cost and and fiscal stimulus. Monetary, low cost, low cost of money. You want a loan? Here it is, cheap. There's a difference between me and starting a company. Let's say you and I say, let's start a podcast company tomorrow on green energy. Everyone wants to know about this. There's a big difference in how we approach this versus like how we're going to fund it. Like, so you really got to see the, the mechanisms of, of where you're putting your money. In my opinion, as always, this show is always going to be dedicated to getting you to retirement with a concept of wealth and retirement. I look at myself as a wealth creator and Chad as a wealth preserver. You don't want to be truthful. Chad's created plenty of wealth in his lifetime. You know, I want to be truthful. I've created plenty. I've preserved a lot of wealth in my lifetime. I'm a saver, not a spender. But with that said, we try to carve out different roles in the world. And I want you to see different people have different depths of expertise. In history, stocks beat bonds, bonds beat real estate. And it's like a 10% for stocks, 6% for bonds, 4% for real estate. That's kind of a starting point, but it's not rock science. Location, location, location. There's a lot going on in those statements. I'm Rob Black. Find me at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money investing, and more. There's a lot of ways to get wealthy, and I'm focusing on wealth. And it's a funny term, but one of the things I want to do in this specific hour is to look at the myths and try to tear them down. Some shows are going to be better than others. Some episodes per se of the podcast. I'm kind of starting to practice for a different type of financial show, maybe a weekend show. It's a little different. It's not too crazy. Um, but there's a lot of stuff out there and, and I get a lot of emails, so I'll, I'll try to reflect your thoughts and your questions and your needs. If you ever want to drop me an email for this show or this segment, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at Let me give you an example of an email I recently got. Um, Brittany sent me an email that said, I want it to, Oh, I want it to say that I watch your segment every day on TV. I do a little segment every day at 915 on channel four Cron. She says, I try to learn from what you're saying. I'm new to investing and would like to know what you think about investing in green energy. Is it a good idea right now or not? Okay. First and foremost, a lot going on right there in the first sentence and there's like six sentences still to come. Let's start by, I try to learn from what you're saying. Don't try to learn from a guy who's on TV for five minutes a day. Look at his infotainment. Don't think of it as college. You're gonna have to go a little bit deeper if you want a real education. Same thing with football. If you watch Sunday morning football shows, you're not going to learn enough by a four or five minute segment. But if you go out and coach and play, you're going to learn a lot more. If you read a book from a coach, you're going to learn a lot more. Over time, it's different ways of ingesting the stuff. Try not to do it just off radio and TV gurus. So she says, I learned from what you're saying. I'm new to investing. I'd like to know what you think about investing in green energy. Love that concept, but it shouldn't be your only concept. What I try to invest in are companies that will be profitable over time. I try to invest in, for lack of another word, great companies. What else do I try to invest in? I want good growth of revenue, good growth of uh, earnings. I want to see their margins improve over time with efficiencies. Think of like Apple when they come up with their first phone. Um, they're, they're not going to get everything right. but through the trial and error, through the process, they're going to learn, okay, maybe we should use this semiconductor conductor to be fa- better, faster, cheaper. So the margins over time get better. It's just like with the Xbox and the PlayStation 5. When you first buy it, all the equipment in there is super expensive. It's cutting edge. But in three, four, five years from now, it's no longer cutting edge and the costs come down. Therefore, the margins improve. So I know green energy is important. And there's a lot of things that are important, Right. So try to be a little more universal, a little less bullet shot. And over time, if you find that you're really good at the bullet shot, that's fine. Um, I'm really good at tech stocks, but that doesn't mean I should turn down all banks, all bonds, any retailer out there that I think is a good name. Um, If let's say, for instance, American Express, Visa and Mastercard. If I really like tech stocks like a Facebook, a Google and Apple, they've got their I'm really into that. I'm I'm woohoo. I get it, I understand it. That's my green energy so to speak. But what I don't want to do is get so confident that like I never look for an airline or I never look for a Visa Mastercard or American Express. Companies that were around when I was a little child. That's that's where you start with a good investment idea, in my opinion. Have you seen any sort of track record of longevity? Let me give you Disney as an example. Disney's been through Vietnam. It's been through Korea. It's been through high inflation, low inflation, high oil, low oil. It's been through stock market booms and stock market busts. I feel pretty confident if I buy Disney that in 30 years from now, it's probably going to go through a couple more of those. Maybe there'll be a pandemic. Maybe there'll be a, a small war between Russia and a... Uh, bordering country that they want to invade, maybe China will flex their technology muscle and turn off their ability to make semiconductors for the world. I, we don't know what the stories are going to be. And that's one of the things about buying into great companies. So I'm not against green energy, but it's also very new, Brittany. So I, in no one sector, do no, I want you to own more than 20%. Now, again, these are all numbers that you can play with yourself. Now, sectors could be retail stocks, they could be tech stocks, they could be financial stocks, but those sectors have little breakdowns too. Financial stocks have banks and stockbrokers and insurance companies. Tech stocks have semiconductors, semiconductor equipment makers, software, hardware, cloud. New definitions that didn't even exist 10 years ago. Then you can get into micro, shots of, uh, micro shoots of software. Yeah, you could say Microsoft is the operating system of the world, but cybersecurity is just as important piece for corporations inside of software. So let's go back to Brittany's email. I wanted to say I watch your segment every day. Okay, good. We got through that. Talk that she wants to go. Oh, green energy. Here's my, my quick tip on green energy. Bloomberg has newsletters. New York Times has newsletters. Find really good, credible sources that you you think have a little bit of a business angle. plus a green energy angle in this case, or a technology angle. Bloomberg probably is the best example because if you go to Bloomberg.com, you get something like 10 free articles a month. And if you have three different browsers, it's 30 free articles. And if you delete your cookies, it's unlimited. I'm not telling you to do that. If you can afford to support these guys, do. But know that there's a lot of good information out there. I tend to like the business bastardization with also a, uh, a media company that's been around for a while, like the New York Times or Bloomberg. There will be little offshoots, little new companies that come out and say greeninvesting.com or green investor newsletter or green investor um, for the 21st century. And you're like, to me, those are like five, 10 year old publications and they're not as good for me. But again, this is a game that you need to learn to play that works to you. I've got a mean outside shot. Why do I try to go to the rim? I don't. I need to practice going to the rim because if you know I'm a one trick pony, you can shut me down. So let's go back to Brittany's email. Is it better to get a few Tesla or Netflix stocks or an up and coming clean energy stock? This is where she just blew my mind and I think she's gonna lose money. The one trick or the one number, number one commandment, the 10 commandments of investing that I don't want you to follow. Don't lose money. So Tesla's at all-time high, so anyone who's ever bought it it has taken it to an all-time high. They've made money, except for you, Brittany. You're buying it for the first time. And some people may want to buy a house or a boat or a vacation. They may want to diversify. So be careful chasing past performance. There's a phrase on Wall Street, past performance is not indicative of future results. Kind of learn that in your head. Um, The up-and-coming clean energy stock that she wants to buy. She wants me to give her an idea. Here's the problem with that, Brittany. I'll give you a a great idea. And then next month, you get married. You have a baby. He moves you to Tahiti. You come back in a few years, and you lost your whole investment. Because during that period of time, on the radio, I was like, this clean energy stock causes cancer. Get out now. Get out now. The CEO went on a bell tower, and he shot up a whole state. I know you're saying bell tower, shoot up a state. Okay, maybe college is a better way of doing that. But be careful taking stock picks from people like me because I'm not there to tell you when to sell. Um, And it's happened. I love tech stocks in the 90s and 2000. And by the late 2000, I was starting to trim my exposure to them. But if you went on vacation for a year, if you went to India and you came back in 2001, 2002, tech stocks were down 80%. But I got out when they were down 20%. I'm giving you made up numbers, but it's kind, that's the kind of what happened. So just be careful. My advice to you, Brittany, is if your company offers a 401k, that's the best place to start investing. You automatically save some money by not paying federal tax on any gains you get over time. You don't pay federal tax on any money that comes out of your, if you get $15 an hour, you pay some state taxes, you pay some social security taxes, but you don't pay the federal tax and you can put that money into your savings or your 401k, your 403b before the, the federal IRS comes and takes their 15, 20, 25%, whatever tax bracket you're at. With Brittany's email, um, I'm very, very proud of her. I think it takes a lot to get over that hump and start investing. Um, before you start to invest, I would look at your finances. And if you have debt over six percent, I would pay that off. Historically, the stock market's gonna get you seven to ten percent. So any debt that's at seven, eight, nine, ten percent, pay it off before you start investing. But maybe a better idea is to say start thinking of what you're gonna need. You're gonna need an emergency plan for money, two to six months. You kind of want that out there before you're investing. You're going to want to pay down a significant chunk of all debt over 6% before you start investing. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. You do want to start sooner than later. And if you can can manage servicing your debt with investing in a 401k, 403b, I think that's a great way to go. Try to stay away from the investment of the day. The Teslas, the Bitcoins, the short squeezes, anything that's up 100% that you feel like you're chasing. In 2021, we learned about the short squeezes on GameStop and AMC. And there's a lot of argument over, was that a good thing or was it a bad thing? It ends badly. But a couple years previous, we saw the same thing with Tilroy. It was marijuana medical stock. And there was a short squeeze that sent the stock up 1,400, 1,500%. And then it came crashing down. So anyone who took that investment of the day, the flavor of the day, The church of what's working now got hurt. So anyone who sends me an email know that I'm going to be very critical of you because I love you and I support you and I want you to succeed. And I know you're saying you love me like Katy Perry loves people. Yes. It's a weird way to appreciate your fans. Yes. Would I really bail you out of jail? Probably not. The love only goes so far. You're going to have to learn to do some of this after we learn to crawl together, learn to walk together. I want you to go off on your own. Take what works and go off on your own. I'm Rob Black. Find me at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. I'm Rob Black. You're not. Last night was a biggie in the Bay Area of California. What do I mean by biggie? Not an earthquake, no. We had a nice size earthquake, was it, 7 to 10 days ago, 14 days ago, a couple weekends ago. It was down in the Santa Cruz Mountains, which is, for outsiders, maybe an hour outside of San Francisco. Santa Cruz is home of a beach, home of vampires, home of, well, you get the idea. Roughly 35 million American homes have some sort of risk, serious risk, high risk of natural disaster. Not like, uh, I'm trying to think of risky scenarios, like when you date a prostitute. No, 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 can't do that on radio. That's inappropriate. Like when you, um, I don't want to say go out in a rainstorm with lightning. No, no. High risk, like when you drink and drive. Difference between drinking and driving with nothing, drinking and driving with six, drinking and driving with 12, drinking and driving with 18. This is kind of like in that 10 to 12 area uh, as far as core studies go. Roughly 35 million homes or nearly one third of the nation's housing stock are at high risk. Not low risk, high risk of a natural disaster. And it got me thinking last night because the storm, the rain, rain, go away, was coming down hard. And I've got a roof. Rains and roofs don't go together. Rains and gutters don't go together. So I was like, uh-oh, I've got trees next to me. I live kind of on a small hill near a creek. Hills and rain, one inch of rain an hour, don't go together. So I, I went to bed thinking, I might die tonight. <laughs> Not a good thought, right? But here are the seven biggest home disaster hazards. Earthquake. Wildfire. Inland floods. Severe convective storms. I don't know what convective is. I need to go back to high school. No, but I'm imagining thunder, lightning, wind, uh, lack of visibility on the highways. Maybe that's what a severe convective storm is. How about a winter storm? Hurricanes and tropical storm, coastal surge winds. So those are the big ones that you're at risk at. And those are normal risks for us. The high risk hits a third of our homes. And I'm probably in that third that could be hit with a wildfire. I'm in California. It's dry. I could be hit with an earthquake at any moment. I could be hit with an inland flood. I live at the base of a mountain. I could be hit with storms. Not so much. California is pretty nice with storms. We don't get that. East Coast, lightning and thunder, crazy. It's in, it's furious, and oh, it's calm. California's kind of got two seasons. It's got the wet season, and it's got the dry season. It doesn't have winter or summer or fall or spring, and I know that's some dissecting hairs there, but I miss the East Coast in the four seasons versus the two seasons of the West Coast. Uh, winter storms, we got those up in the Sierras. If you turned on the news last night, three hours from the Bay Area, got over a foot of snow in one day. They're going to have five feet by Saturday. Many people, some people, not many, some people will die in car crashes. Some people will freeze to death. Some refrigerators will go bad. (laughs) I know you're saying. You're sad about refrigerators going bad? I am. But I don't have to worry about hurricanes, or do I? In the year 2001 or 2002, there was a hurricane a tornado near San Francisco. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. And in Southern California, they get hit with hurricanes that kind of sweep through Mexico, uh, Northern Mexico, Southern California. Not often. Usually it's coastal. Usually it's, it's small, but it happens. So why do I bring this up? Because one of the biggest investments I have is my home. And do I have flood insurance? Have I read my insurance contracts? Have you read your insurance contracts? The answer is probably not, because we all know what they are. They're 47 pages that you have to scroll down quickly and hit the checkbox. Yes, that you read it. Or you have to sit there and read 47 pages, which for most Americans would take about four evenings. So know what risks are and how comfortable you are. And if you do have a company like USAA or Geico, or if you have an insurance agent with Allstate... Find out if you're in good hands and call them up and say, last night there was a lot of rain. I've heard media stories that rain, if like wind blows my windows open, yeah, you'll cover my windows. But if a flood comes down the mountain, that's an act of God. In the 21st century, are we really quoting acts of God versus global warming? I get it. I'm not saying... I'm not going total negative audio. I'm just trying to go with a broad brush stroke of do you know your risk? You should. Um, here's an example of knowing your risk. When I first moved to California, Oakland is the sister city right across the bay from San Francisco. And then you get the red-headed cousin called San Jose, which is at the bottom of the bay. But we won't go there. Don't even get me started on Milpitas because I could go off on that. But Oakland, when I first moved to California, there was lovely homes up in the Oakland Hills. Some millionaires and billionaires live in the Oakland homes, because uh, from the Oakland Hills, you can see San Francisco and the sun setting and the Golden Gate Bridge, which I like calling it the Golden Great Bridge. And then every other bridge is like, well, that's the Carquinez Suck Bridge. So I, I name my bridges the way I want to name them. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so when I first got to California, Oakland was burning, the hills in Oakland. And I was like, whoa. And I told my TV station, Cron, I'm like, if you give me give me $100,000, I'll go buy 10 houses in California. They're like, you can't do that. I'm like, yeah, I can. I'll go to the house that's on fire, and I'll knock on his neighbor's door and say, hey, it looks like your house may burn down. Can I buy it for $10,000? And they said, you'll get shot. I'm like, yes, I would. But what was interesting about that is how many homes burned down and how big of losses were. Because people had insurance against fires. Sure. But they bought the house 30 years ago, and the rebuilding cost had quadrupled on them, and they weren't covered. Rebuilding cost is a risk. If you've had an insurance policy for 5, 10, 15 years, have things gone up? Have it got more expensive to get a contractor out? Yes. You should know your risks because disasters happen, and they happen all the time, surprisingly. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com.